The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good to have you here. Uh, We're actually doing a series at the moment because we're in lockdown and we're touching on the things that affect us or impact us while we're in lockdown. And today we have the head of the primary school, Helen Dempsey. How are you, Helen? I'm well, thanks, Gary. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. How long have you been principal of the primary school? Well, how long does it feel or how long in actual (laughs) years, Gary? Um, uh, This is my second year as the head of the primary school and um, obviously took over last year and uh, Mm. had approximately, I think, maybe a a month and a half before the pandemic really took hold. So uh, it feels like 105 years and I think I have a a few lines and wrinkles and many grey hairs to show for it. No, you've done a good job, yeah. And it's not an, it wasn't easy to come in at that time. No, it wasn't. And how long have you been at Skeggs for? This is my 14th year, Gary. Wow, yeah, 14 yeah. years. And before that, you were uh, working with IT in the, yes. in the primary school? Yeah, yeah. So I came here as the ICT coordinator, and um, which was, uh, you know, a really great job because I got to work across the school from uh, kindergarten all the way through to year six, which meant that I got to develop really lovely relationships with all of the girls mm-hmm. um, and all of the staff, which I think served me really well when I, you know, transitioned into this role because it meant that, you know, I knew everybody really well, not only in the primary school, but across the whole school too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we always talk about relationships sitting at yeah. the heart of everything that we do do here at Skeggs. Um, but I think, you know, for me, when I moved into this role, you know, I got to see that um, coming really into effect beautifully for me because I did have those relationships and I, I knew everybody. And so, mm. you know, I think that that was one thing that really served me well, you know, yeah. that I, I did know everybody um, and, I, and I had the, those connections and I was able to transition those when I, I did move into to this role. And you knew the culture of the school too, I which did. made a difference. Yeah, definitely. And you part know. of that culture is the connectedness I guess yeah but I think it's really interesting Gary that you know you can be in a school or you can be in any kind of workplace or any establishment for for a long period of time like 14 years and you can think you know a school really well but when you move into a different role Mm. and you look at it from a different perspective or a different viewpoint that there is still so much to learn about it and I think you know that that's one thing that that I have loved but that's one thing that has has taken me aback you know, moving into this position that there, you can think you know so much about a school, but that there is still so much to learn about the people mm. um, and about the school and the organisation. And I think, you know, that's 
one thing that I love is that you can still keep growing and you can still keep learning even when you've been in a place for as long as you know I've mm. been here. Mm. Good on you. What's what's been the most surprising thing? You've you've just said that you know you come into a new role and you're learning all this new stuff. What's been the most surprising thing? Do you think? Um, I think <clears throat> I always knew how complex people and organisations were. Mm. Um, but I think stepping into this role, I think I've really come to know just how true that is. Right. You know, that, and I think that's been even more the case, you know, over the past 18 months, whilst we've lived um, through this pandemic, you know, that um, the stories that people have told about the impact of this um, this time on everybody's life has been so varied and so different um, and and so I think you know the complexity of that for every person for every girl in the school and for every every single family you know has been um, and have continued to have to evolve you know my perception of you know how I, how I think about that as a leader and how I deal with the staff and how I deal with the girls um, and, and how I respond to that you know as a leader of the primary school. So would you say that you, um, that you, maybe people that you've known for a while during this pandemic over the last couple of years and just moving into your role that you've got to know them in a different way? Have, have you learned more about them? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I've learned more about the teachers. I think, you know, I've been been staggered by um, you know how resilient the teachers and the girls have been in in the face of you know some quite difficult times you know yeah. even just these past few weeks when we've been thrown <coughs> into you know at home learning again the the resilience that the girls and the teachers have demonstrated and and the agility you know that's a buzzword of you know 2020 last year but again you know 2021 this year to adapt and to be able to throw themselves into you know this new way of learning again but with a smile on their face and to be able to you know just say well, we can do this mm. but with that sense of community and connectedness and to be able to just say you know we've got this and we've got each other um, and I think you know I've always known that to be true about Skeg's community yeah. and the teachers here you know they are incredibly skilled professionals and they will do everything for the girls here but to see that in um you know the, the the time that we're all living in where everyone's fatigued and everyone's tired and everyone's living their own story um and to see them going above and beyond every single day um i think is is truly wonderful mm, that's right making the effort to to move through it yeah in some way yeah you probably would have, and I know you've mentioned or we've spoken about this in a few different meetings that we've both been involved in. You you know there's people out there and who are, you know, doing their best. Kids who are trying to do school as normal, staff who are trying to teach. I'm sure it's the same in a whole range of areas throughout our society. Mm. But you also know stories of people who are amongst all their perseverance. There is a struggle as well. Yeah. There's difficulty as yeah. well. What what some, what are some areas or what are some situations, without naming people or you know being too specific, but you know we've talked about people who live alone, yeah, um, and just what that might be like, and yeah. you read about it in the media as well, yeah, and you've mentioned to me other people who you've yeah who've heard of in other situations. Can you yeah. tell us more about that? 
Oh, look, Harry, I think there are so many different stories. And mm. I think, you know, that's that's the thing about, you know, the time that we're living through at the moment, as I mentioned before, I think the, the narratives around this time are so varied. And I think that's the complexity of the time that we're living in, I think. You know, one of the really difficult things, you know, that people are experiencing at the moment is the challenge between uh, being a working parent and having to um, juggle the demands of that with, um, you know, um, students or, or girls or children um, out that are learning from home. You know, some parents are trying to keep um, businesses afloat, you know, that are laying off staff left, mm. right and centre or are essential workers themselves, you know, or are just, you know, struggling with the demands of working from home themselves too um, and are trying to, you know... Um, educate their own children from home as well and I think that, that that's really difficult I know of people that are having to get up really early in the morning and you know do their own work before their kids get up mm. um, at the start of the day and are working late on into the evening too um, you know as you mentioned I think you know that there are people that are living alone and that's very isolating too and then of course there are people that you know that have got the, the majority of their family members that perhaps live overseas as well mm. and, and haven't had any kind of connection with their immediate family for a significant period of time you know and whether that be you know the birth of grandchildren um, that they haven't been able to connect with yeah. or I know of people you know that have lost loved ones too and haven't been able to get yeah. overseas to, to say goodbye to them too and so you know I, I think that it's a really complicated and complex time Gary and you know everyone is is living a different story and you know behind closed walls often and um, you know, I just hope that people um, have got, you know, support networks and systems around them and have got connections and um, people that they can talk to and reach out to if they're feeling isolated or if they, you know, are feeling alone because, you know, we know that that support system is essential, mm, mm. Um, you know, during times like this it, that to get people through, you know, these, these mm. tricky times. Mm. And home... I know your initial home is in Australia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when did you come to Australia? Um, 16 years ago. 16 years ago, yeah, okay. Yeah. With your husband? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we came together. So we've been, my husband and I, we've been together for almost 30 years, 30 years next year. Wow. Yep. Well and done. yeah, we came together, we came together um, 16 years ago. We initially came to Australia um, in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, I came backpacking after we'd finished university right. and fell in love with the country and then went back to the UK and, you know, did all the things you're supposed to do and kind of all the rites of passage, bought a house and did this and that and we just couldn't shake Sydney out of our system. It was actually, um, I don't know if you remember the TV show Aerobics Oz Style. Yes. <laughs> Were you on that? No. no, no I was never, gosh, no, I was never on it. <laughs> But um, we used to watch it in the morning and uh, we were watching it one day and we just said to each other, should we go back to Sydney? <laughs> and we were like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so we applied at the time, skilled migration on the skilled migration list teaching was on there. And so we applied and we didn't know a soul. We didn't know a single person wow. in Australia. We didn't have anywhere to live. We didn't have a job. And we did it. We made the move, just the two of us. And we came 16 years ago and haven't looked back. Good on you. So you would know... You definitely know what that's like, you know, even beyond the pandemic, to be yeah. removed from yeah. home, from family, yeah. to the familiar. What, what, 
What was some, if you don't mind talking about it, what were some situations where that really sort of dug in for you? Yeah. Um, and thought, you know, what am I doing here? Or I really yeah. wish I could be at home, but other things might have got in the way. Yeah. I think you always know the vastness of distance. You know, when you make that decision that you're going to move here, you know, you only have to have travelled between here and the UK once to know how long it takes mm. and to have sat on a plane for 24 hours to know that it's a long way away. Um, and, you know, that's part of the decision that you make when you choose to move over here. And it's funny because only after having my own child mm. do I really realise the magnitude of that decision, you know, and I, I think back and I reflect on that decision now as a mother and I don't know whether or not now now I'm a mum if I would have since made that decision right. you know I, I think back to the impact that that decision would have had on my mum and dad like you know having left and how heartbreaking that must have been yeah, right. um, and whether or not I would have made that decision now I okay. don't know um, was it more, was it also the support that was known there like if you'd come with a child as you said you didn't you or Rob didn't know anybody here yeah having a child, you know, and not having grandparents around, that sort yeah, of support means yeah, something possibly, to you? Yeah, possibly, but I just, I just think about, you know, now, if my, if Belle were to move away to the UK, and she always tells me, you know, I'm going to move to England when I'm older mum, and I just think, oh gosh, that will break my heart, and mm. I'm sure that would, you know, it would be a lovely thing if she did, and of course I would support that decision, but I just know now as a mum how heartbreaking that would have been for my parents for me yeah. to move to the other side yeah. of the world. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, you always, you always know how, how far away it's going to be, but I think only in, in times of crisis do you really understand, you know, the magnitude of that distance. Mm. And so, you know, I, I had a couple of times in my life where, you know, my parents became very unwell and, mm. you know, unfortunately I lost both of my parents very suddenly and there is nothing worse quite honestly than being yeah, on that plane for yeah. 24 hours knowing that you've got to go back to yeah. a level of significant tragedy um and you know and that's really hard and and it's then really hard then making that decision as to whether or not you're then going to leave your family then back in the uk and then travel back to your life here um or whether or not you know you're you're going to to stay there you know, and, and support them during a time of and of grief and tragedy, yeah. you know, or, or yeah. whatever that might be. Um, and then, you know, when, when we had, when we, Rob and I decided to have a family too, you know, that's a really difficult thing to do when you don't have a family network or support system, you know, yeah. as, as well. And my husband, he's an only child. Right. Um, and so, and now we only have one child as well. And that, that was always... A tricky thing you know being on the other side of the world and you know knowing that um, for his parents you know they didn't necessarily get to have you know that connection on an ongoing basis yeah. with um, with our daughter but luckily they were, um, were well and, and still are well and so we were able to maintain that level of connection I think you know, up until recently, we only ever went for a maximum of six months without seeing them, whether or not we would go to the UK or yeah. they would come here or we would meet halfway, which was really lovely. But, you know, unfortunately, in the last 18 months, that hasn't been able to happen. Um, and that's been huge. You noticed that a lot. Yeah, it's been huge for us as a family. 
um, and you know not I think it's the not knowing too when yeah. we'll be able to reconnect yeah. you know the, the the length of time that we haven't been able to see one another is hard but I think the not knowing is, yeah. is even harder yeah. too I oh. think if there were a point that we would be able to work towards yeah um, you know if we had our plane tickets booked or we were able to say oh we'll see you at Christmas or um, what have you I think that would relieve some of the the level of um, sadness around it, you know, yeah. they're not getting any younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not easy. So that would have, <clears throat> like in the current situation, I'm guessing that that would have for a lot of people the same sort of impact where you'd think, I know I've got family overseas, but I, you know, Christmas I go over or, yeah. and so that becomes part of your life plan yeah. that that fits in yeah. in something like this. <clears throat> and we've had staff here who've lost people due yeah. to the pandemic in Brazil, in yeah. other countries as well. Um, totally devastated. Some some of them, two members of yeah. close family, you know, yeah. not being able to go to the funeral, not being able to... And, and their plan was, you know, I'll just, at the end of the year, I'll go and see them. They'll be, you know, yeah. they'll still be alive. Yeah. And so it does change change the way you see your life in a way doesn't it it does definitely and you know as i said before it makes <clears throat> it makes that distance even greater and you know but i think one of the tricky things at the time now is that you could almost it doesn't really matter whether or not your family is on the other side of the world or if they're in another state at the moment because yeah you can almost not even guarantee that if your family live in Queensland, yeah. you're going to be able to have that guarantee that you're going to be able to see them at Christmas, yeah. you know, or in the next holidays or what have you. There's that level of uncertainty mm. around everything at the moment, Gary, mm. which I think people are finding so difficult to live with at the moment. You know, life has never really been like that before. Yeah. And I think as humans, we, we, we really love certainty. Yeah. You know, That's it's right. something that you know, we, we thrive on. We, we really like the fact that we're going to be able to guarantee that, you know, in the next holidays we can do this or, you know, we'll work towards this or, mm. you know, we'll save for this. Mm. Um, and, and that's something which, you know, keeps us going. And for us to not have that level of certainty throws people. And I think that that's one of the things that is leading to a certain level of... Um, you know, discomfort yeah. in a lot of yeah. people society-wide. <clears throat> yeah. We've about that in chapel in the last couple of weeks, just about the storms and how storms are so unpredictable and you don't know what damage they're going to make when they're severe storms and so on. But yeah. um, and we're finding ourselves in a storm being caught in those things. Yeah. It's interesting, at the beginning we are talking about how um, one of the things you like about Skeggs is the connections mm -hmm. that you make with people. And when you're talking about family, it yeah. sounded to me quite, quite obvious that, you know, the, the connection with family, and sometimes it's hard to describe, you know, some people talk about their families that they're very close and or they might have a certain member that they're very close to and mm -hmm. they long to see. Then other families, even though that might not be as close, there's still this almost metaphysical yeah. <laughs> connection that yeah. we have. And you were talking about Belle saying, wanting to go back to the UK. Yeah. Did you ever have questions about, because um, you were raised in the UK, yeah. 
and you had experience of that, do you have questions about thinking maybe it would be better for her to be raised there? Mm. I think there's not a day that goes by, Gary, where I don't think and wonder whether or not we've made that, that right decision. Mm. Um, you know, I, even the other night, Rob and I were watching a, a TV show. It was Grand Designs on ABC, and, you know, they were in the UK, and they were building this beautiful house in the rural countryside in the UK, and we, you know, got on to talking about, you know, raising children and, you know, where the best place to do that was and, you know, a philosophical question about, you know, what the right thing to do was. And... You know, and of course there are beautiful places in Australia where you, you can raise your children and let's be honest, you know, the eastern yeah. suburbs of Sydney where we live now isn't a bad place to be <laughs> raising your children with gorgeous beaches and, you know, lots of wonderful outdoor places on your doorstep. But, you know, I, I think that there's not a day that goes by when I don't wonder, you know, am I doing the right thing? Mm. You know, living on the other side of the world from my family and my friends, is that the right thing to be mm. doing? I, I don't know. Mm. I think it's one of those questions that I'll probably never know the answer to. Mm. Um, but it's I, interesting, that strong pull of home, isn't it? It is, it and is. And family and, yeah. and longing for, for that. Yeah, and but I, I think one of the things that, that definitely makes life better in that regard is the technological access that we have now and and i think that that is a truly wonderful thing i think if we were living 20 years ago life would be really different yeah. you know I, I think one of the the most beautiful inventions ever has to be facetime um and the ability to connect that that has brought to me and my family has is just wonderful like we Belle plays hide and seek with her grandparents on FaceTime, which is just honestly the most beautiful thing to see. Mm. Every night, Gary, she hops into bed and she FaceTimes her grandma and she she has the iPad next to her in bed and she reads to her grandma. Oh, you know, lovely. and it's you know that those types yeah. of things that I think you know twenty years ago just would never have happened. And despite the disconnection that we've had mm. over the past eighteen months and the fact that we haven't been able to see them. Um, and you know the loss that we're we're facing in that regard. That there are there are lots of things that we have to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, in regards to the the connection that we have still still been able to maintain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, technology is something that we have to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, in that regard. That's right, and it is very helpful. Someone sent me a, a something yesterday, a picture of a Nokia phone from 10 years ago saying imagine if, oh my goodness imagine if this was 10 years ago and all you had was your nokia phone and we'd be sat playing snake and uh... that's right and you'd run out of text messages or... can you imagine how long it would take to send a text that's message right. when you were doing that that's right so yeah we are very fortunate yeah. but there is something about that, that you're right the technology is good but there's something about the presence and i linking this back to what you're saying about home and family and yeah. the distance and not being present. You know, I know for the staff member who lost people recently to the, to the coronavirus overseas and not being able to be present at the funeral meant so much yeah. to him. It was so difficult for him. Yeah. Um, so the presence of other people, the presence of those we know, the presence of, you know, just what's familiar makes a big difference doesn't it yeah it does it does and but I, I, one of the things that I have spent a lot of time pondering 
because I've had we've had a bit of time to ponder over the last little while is you know ultimately will life return to normal yeah, after this you know I was talking to my sister and she lives in the UK and you know that the UK is obviously one of those countries that went through a period of time where they you know had lockdowns a little bit like the one that we're living through at the moment that went for lengthy periods of time and she really hasn't been in her workplace mm. for I would say 18 months you know she's worked from home for 18 months wow. and the organization that she works for have been going through the process of talking about whether or not they'll ever return wow. to face-to-face -face work <coughs> and you know it's things it's like that that you know make me wonder long term what kind of impact would that have on us as society if we mm. make decisions like that mm. around workplaces what impact will that have on on us as humans mm. and you know that idea of presence you know if we're not being able to interact with people and yeah. we're not being in the presence of one another and yeah. we're having that level of social isolation where you know she's lucky she lives with her partner but it is only the two of them they don't have children um, and so for 18 months almost, the only, the only person yeah, she saw wow. was her partner. What does that have? Yeah. What impact does that have on us as a society, yeah. you know? And so I think, I do wonder, you know, what, 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 what will happen in the long yes. term, Gary? You know, and, and maybe we will just return to life as normal. I don't know. Yeah. But if we don't, and we go more down the path of, you know, working from home or you know, different decisions being made around, you know, further lockdowns or um, border closures and people not being able to, to travel or, you know, things like that. What what, what impact yeah. will that have on us as individuals yeah. and connections um, and, you know, us as a human race? You know, I think that they're, they're things, you know, that as, as people and as individuals and as humans, we thrive on connection. We thrive on being with people. Yeah. Um, and when we can't, you know, what does that do to us? Yeah. Um, how does our it, sense of self and being. How, how do you think it affects education and school, the lack of presence? Like we're doing this Zoom stuff at, at yeah. the moment, learning from home. How, what, what do you lose in that? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I think... As we said before, I think the teachers here are doing a truly remarkable job and they are working their socks off to keep um, you know, the momentum going and, and to be keeping the level of teaching and learning going. But there is a lot that can't be done mm. via Zoom. And you know, as a parent, I watch um, the level of social isolation that is happening for our, our little people. You know, my daughter's an only child, and mm. I know that there are lots of only children out there, but I still even think, you know, for, for other children that are, you know, in family units that are large yeah. or in, in medium-sized family units, kids need social interaction. They need to play. They mm. need to play with one another. Mm. Um, and they need to be able to, even in a learning space, yeah. They need to be able to engage with others. Yeah. They need to be able to, you know, have conversations. They need to be able to debate. They need to be able to discuss. And of course, a certain, you know, element of that can happen online. We can yeah. put them in breakout groups and yeah. what have you. But it's not the same. Yeah, but they're um, trying to make it work too. I, I was, I was about to teach a year three class the other day, and a couple of the kids came on early, and one of the girls, I had everyone was sort of unmuted and. 
one of the girls said to another girl, um, oh, guess what? Mum said I could have a Zoom meeting with you this <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. who would have thought I know. that would be the case? I know. It, and uh, I, I got home from work the other day on Friday afternoon and... Um, and it was so lovely to see, but it was just such a sign of the times that, that my daughter was having a Zoom play date with yeah, one of her friends. And yeah. they actually were playing. Yeah. You know, for two hours, Gary, they played via Zoom. And yeah. they had the dolls and, you know, and they and they were playing. But it was just a really strange thing yeah, to yeah. observe, you know, kids play, not in the same place, yeah. not even in the same suburb, yeah. and playing via a screen. It was really bizarre. And as you said, technology's good. You know, and we're yeah. trying to make it up and fit it, but it's just not like it's, it's not like the real thing. It's not, you know. And what happens if they have an argument? You know, do we just end meeting. You know, what happens then in terms of? Yeah, exactly. I'll pop you on mute. Actually, my daughter did say the other day. She said, "I think some of the teachers might wish that there was a mute button in real life." I said, "Yeah, I think they might." But you know, I think that that's one of the things that. Um, that I do worry about is that, that social isolation yeah. for the kids. Um, you know, I, I think that we know that that play and in interaction and just being with others mm. is is so important. Yeah, I, just like what you were saying before, I was speaking to a member of staff who's a grandmother and she said it's been really hard. She's been really um, worried because of the last lockdown and how difficult it was for her not to see her kids and her grandkids. Uh, and so going into this, it's like, how long is this going to last for? Because she knew that she found it very hard to cope last yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah, just having those interactions. Is, yeah. It means so much. Do you think we've realised how much they meant before this? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, I think probably not. Um, and I think, you know, again, as I was saying before, I've been doing a bit of pondering and a bit of musing. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that, um, you know, when life and hopefully it will returns back to normal after this, that there are certain lessons and certain things that we don't forget, yeah, you know, yeah. certain things that we we don't take for granted, you know, about things that we realise that are really important to us as humans. Mm. You know, things, as we've said before, about the power of connection mm. and how important, you know, people are to us in our lives. Um, how important, you know, just taking life at a slower pace. You know, many people will say, no, 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 that in lockdown and not being able to get outside and what have you is taking its toll at the moment. But I, I do think on the flip side of that, it has been lovely in many ways as well, mm. just to kind of slow things down a little bit. We have become a little bit frantic, to be honest, and, and life has become a little yeah. bit overscheduled for yeah. many people. And yeah. so I think to be able to slow things down, particularly for kids that do live a very overscheduled life, has been a quite nice thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we have been treating the planet with a little bit more respect, yeah, yeah. you know, in some ways too. So I think, you know, I hope that when we come out of this, that, you know, that there are certain yeah. lessons that we can just take a step back and we can, you know, pause and take a breath and think, let's reflect on, yes. you know, what is important to us mm. um, in life and, and, you know, as family units and as individuals, you know, and as people and, and mm. to think about, you know, how we we come together. So, and, and just with that idea and just to finish off, let's say we do come out of lockdown sometime. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Before Christmas. Before Christmas. <laughs> would, and you said you've been doing a lot of pondering and thinking about yeah. things. 
at this point, and you don't have to um, commit to anything, of course. Yeah. What? How do you think you might lead the primary school differently from this experience, from the last two years? To, to say to, then say what you might have imagined before you, before the first outbreak last year. Um, I mean, I spoke at speech night last year about one of the things that I think that I had learned coming or leading through last year and I think that that will be something that I will continue to to have at the forefront of you know everything that I do moving forward this year and that that is the idea of connection and community and Mm. I think that that will will not can that will not change this year and Mm. I think that you know thinking holistically in society you know but also here at school that that is one thing that we need to be coming together yeah. you know, as as a group of people we 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 need to realize that we are in this together you know yeah. whether that be you know in a lockdown sense we need to be coming together to make it work um but certainly as a school we need to be thinking about what we can do to support one another to get through this um, and you know, I talk to the girls, and I know Jenny talks to the girls often about how we're in this together. Mm. And and I think more than ever, that sense of being a, a community, even though we can't be together, you know, during the last few weeks and during last year, is so very important. You know, mm. and so for me, over the past few weeks, and for the the rest of the staff too, we've been constantly thinking about ways in which we can bring the girls together to continue to develop that sense of community and connection. Um, you know, despite that we're not in one another's presence because we don't want the girls to feel isolated. Mm. We don't want them to feel, you know, on their own. We want them to feel supported and we want them to feel as if we've got one another's back and that, you know, we continue to develop those relationships that are so very important, you know, to to us here at Skeggs in everything that we do. So I don't think I'll change that. I think that that will continue, um, uh, you know, that idea that... um, connection and community is just so very yeah. important to everything right. that we do. Well, good on you. Well, thanks very much, Helen. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks, Gary. And hear what you're thinking. Thanks with our masks on. It's with very your, strange. With, that's right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I hope you can keep those connections. Just, um, do you have many people, it's your sister you mentioned yeah. overseas and Rob's parents. Yeah, everyone. We A don't... lot of people overseas still that you yeah. keep Yeah, all of our family, with. all of our yeah, friends. Right. I mean, yeah, we don't have any family here in, yeah, our, in right. Australia and so, I mean, obviously we have friends here, but It's a yeah, different thing, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a different thing. thing and so, yeah, as, as soon as the borders open yeah. um, and it's physically possible for us to be able to get over there, we'll be there for Looking sure. for your passport. We'll be there, yeah. <laughs> Good so, on you. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, again for listening. If you've got any comments or um, questions, you can send them to me or send them to Helen or uh, you can call me or whatever, you, however you like to do it. And as I said, we're doing a series in lockdown. And if you'd like to share some of your views, uh, maybe even do a podcast, that'd be fantastic. I hope you're all well. I hope you're coping with whatever situation you're in. Uh, Please call out. We are a community, as Helen said, and we're more than just a school. And we do want to be there for each other. So please call out if there's anything at all that you need to talk about, to discuss, or just need some help with. Or even you might know someone who needs some help in this time. We'd love to hear from you. Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye.